Wow, that's so funny. Two broke gays? Two broke gays? Two broke gays? Hey listeners, you're back with Jenna Cordes. I'm so excited tonight because I have the honor and privilege of interviewing my manager and friend, Kennedy Carter. Hello everyone. Hi Kennedy, welcome to Two Broke Gays. Thank you. So Kevin is still um, I, roaming New York City. He's working the uh, tennis, what is that called? The US the Open. US Open. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but today we're with manager and producer Kennedy Carter. <laughs> so he's not here to stop me from rapid fire questioning. So if I do fall into my old habits, just let me know. Um, it's likely to happen. So I guess tell the listeners a little bit about what your industry is and, you know, why you moved to L.A. Okay. Um, I've been in L.A. for about a year. I'm a creative producer. So that means I make cool shit for brands. Um, I predominantly started in fashion, but Mm -hmm. now in LA, evidently there's always going to be entertainment Mm -hmm. and music. So that's what I do. Cool. And so producer is like kind of an all encompassing term. So like, what does a day on set look like with you? Um, I'm the person who has to have the hard conversations, the not fun stuff, but making things fun for a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, I hire every person that's usually on set. I do a lot of executive production. Um, so hiring everyone, making sure we're staying on time. That's tough. Reminding a creative person that time exists yeah. is tough. Especially with like fashion shoots too, because you need certain light and you know. Oh yeah, need light. You know, everyone likes to shoot on cameras that don't have screens right now <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, one of the things I think that surprised me the most about, because um, I worked as a PA for you that one day, remember? Yes. <laughs> In Ojai, when I drove a 15-passenger van like the good lesbian that I am. The dustiest of dusty days. <laughs> I was so proud of myself um, parking that 15-pass van in WeHo. I was shocked. I mean, the parking was one thing, but you driving up a mountain. On the location scout? Um, yeah. On, yeah, like, just... it was very scary. There's puppies, babies roaming, and I was just like, Horses. Well, horses. Um, one of the things that shocked me the most on that was... One, it's so refreshing to not have to worry about audio when you're when you're shooting stills. Right. Yeah. No, it is nice. I mean, you can't have like an evil photographer who's like, I don't want any noise. Okay. So that. But it was happen. pretty chill but, that day. We had music yeah. going. We had, you know. Yeah. There was fun stuff happening. Um, but yeah, for like the web series I'm filming, you know, we're in these houses in the valley and we have to turn off the air conditioning we've got 20 people in the house it's just like very sweaty yeah no no we're just sweating from the hot californian sun yeah from getting the right light yes um so of all the things that you've produced because you used to produce like live fashion shows as well right i've done a couple of those Mm -hmm. yeah so of all the things you produced um you know like what is your favorite you know, because you mentioned music, and what's your favorite medium? Yeah, I love doing still photography shoots, but I love, like, a campaign. Um, 
I think the one that you saw was like an editorial, so it's a bit more fine art and artistic. Mm-hmm. I love like a mega brand. They might not even have that cute of clothes, but there could be a nice flow to everything and lots of models, kind of herding cats, but where it's fun and everyone knows their like job and it's just a bit busier. Okay. So that is different from editorial. That's different from editorial. That's more commercial production. Like a brand. Yeah, commercial brand. So when you say brand, like a campaign for a brand, as you know, I get most of my clothes from people who don't want them anymore. So what does that mean, like a a campaign? Um, Well, a good example is like, you know, Devil Wears Prada, where in that movie where she brings up the turquoise sweater that has been passed down and she's now seeing it from Gap. Uh-huh. So, like, a campaign would be, like, a Gap campaign is a really good example. Um, you know, there's always a major holiday. Like, fashion just goes with the holidays, mm-hmm. really. And campaign-wise, it's usually multiple days. We do about 14 images in a day. Okay. Um, 14 different looks? 14 different looks. Um, sometimes with one model, sometimes with several. Just really okay. depends. That's, like, an average, I'd say. Cool. Yeah. And is it different because, you know, we didn't tell the listeners this, but before L.A., you were in London. So is it different, like, since you've moved to L.A.? Are you finding the producing here to be different? Beyond. Um, Beyond different? Yeah. the Like, European crews are really tight-knit mm. and just a little bit nicer. Um, <laughs> L.A. was just insane like my first LA shoot there was 200 people on set but only 40 of us were working and why were so many people there it was all entourage okay um there was about 10 celebrities on it so Mm -hmm. all entourage and um yeah barely anyone working and fun in like in London where I was living like a celebrity would drive themselves to set and there wouldn't be the agent publicist and manager so okay okay yeah huh interesting and so why do you think that is do you think it's just like more humility in Europe or <laughs> yeah I mean this is where people are going for their dreams and right they I think the precedent is set that like I need to have my manager and I need to have my publicist mm-hmm. there but, I mean, I tell my friends who are managers here, like, you're kind of ruining the relationship between your talent and the mm. photographer or the director. Yeah. So, I think that's part of it. That's interesting. So, you have to go through, here you have to go through more middlemen. Yeah. With the talent. Yes. And, um, so what's like, so right now you work at, uh, would you say, what is it called? It's like a small boutique production agency yeah it's a boutique production agency we could hire up and do larger scale productions Mm -hmm. but um i'd say our average set has about 30 people okay yeah that seems like how it was the day that i was there yes so fun (laughs) it was really so (laughs) did you tell people how long that day was um let's see i picked up the talent at six and then i got home at 1130 so it was a bit of a long day and that's an editorial though because I mean that's like cheap like the commercial brands I talk about they would we would have spent the night right at the location yeah definitely I definitely thought there was like a moment where I was like are we all staying here like 
Well, yeah, and then everyone was work besides us was working for free. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> There's yeah, that. they weren't staying. Um, so so happy to be paid for that day. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, I I think it's interesting. So the thing that I never considered because I've been on sets of movies, I've been on sets of shows. The thing that I never had considered is the clothes. Yes. And I mean, that could be said for my whole life. You know, I've never considered the clothes, but, you know, the um, stylist said that she had to, you know, order a separate Uber for the trunks of clothes to follow her. And I was like, I didn't get it. And then I dropped like a Tom Ford suit in the dust, remember? And I was like shocked. Yes. Um, Horrified, thought I was going to be fired. The clothes, as, like, a producer for how many shoots I've done with, like, that kind of level of clothing, it's, like, the least of my worries. No one was concerned (laughs) about the clothes but me. I was, like, trying to make sure they weren't, like, closed indoors and trying, you know, I was literally wrestling this jacket, this jean jacket that must have been 100 pounds. And, um, you know, I just... My goal was not to drop the Tom Ford suit, but I think I was overthinking it. You know what I mean? You were overthinking it. You were holding it like it was a prize. I was holding it like a baby because I know if I die, that suit is worth more than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes and no. But those samples have been all over. See, I didn't know about the samples. And they've been like, yeah. Because that's what the stylist said as well. She was like, oh, no, these are samples like... They're, like, ragged. Like, the clothes never even look like those. But But in the pictures, they don't look that way. Yeah. I mean, we work really hard. But, like, you know, so it's all about everyone coming together to make that picture. That's why it took 16 fucking hours. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, no, the clothes, like, especially on location, like, who cares? Let's just get it on. And that was, like... One of those ones with, I had a lot of creatives who were like, I don't want to have a plan. I want to be artistic in the moment. Right. But and is that, is that something you find more commonly with editorial? Yeah. With editorial, I mean, now people don't have as much money to waste time, but mm-hmm. like in the 90s, it would have been like four hours on a photo right. with like three cigarette breaks and a nap by the director. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm not there. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot. And are you, so LA's different, but are you liking it? I like it. LA almost nearly killed me when <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it's fun. I see why everyone does move here. The mm-hmm. access, I'm you know, terrified of film LA and permitting and streets like oh yeah that's a totally different in thing. like like europe i could basically go downstairs and knock on like a pub owner store and be like hey i'll buy my crew drinks afterwards mind if we take a picture and here it's like like a homeless person on the street even knows the permitting and they're mm-hmm. like pay me now or yeah get out um for permits that's something that definitely las vegas is like completely like just you can literally I mean you could film anywhere you know and I think here so many people are trying to make things that a lot of people do kind of skirt around those laws I know you know for projects that I've been involved with um there's like if you don't have the money you know you just try to work around it like we filmed in my apartment and um my landlord actually came because there was water leaking and we hid all the equipment in, you know, the one bedroom, Katrina's bedroom, my, my roommate and friend. Oh, and um, 
the landlord and his dad came and they were like, oh, is this a party? But it was like we had the makeup artist like set up, you know what I mean? It's like clearly a shoot. Luckily, they were like really cool and just fixed the sink and left or whatever. I did not call them. It was like the person below us. But I think like the whole permitting thing, I don't even really understand it. I'm always just like, let's go film this, you know? Yeah, and I normally would. Like I love, you know, that'd be amazing. But for me... Now, since you're official, it's like... Well, official, and I'm one of those people who always gets made the example of. So (laughs) I, you know, took a long time for me to be okay with that. But it's true. So I'm not going to go gorilla all the time. Yeah. And I just let, like, my clients know, you know, you're going to have to go gorilla if you want to be roaming these streets. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have a lot of ideas about, like, what we could go do. And you're always like, hmm. We're going to need, you know, permit. We can't just go film that, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, it depends on the size and how you're filming it. Like, I have thousands of dollars of equipment, too. So it's not always just handheld right. when we're on the street. So it's not yeah, your something stuff is real. we could, like, quickly run away right. with. Right. You have to you set know? up the cameras and stuff. With our iPhone 10 now, I wouldn't mind sh- <laughs> shooting you down on Fairfax. <laughs> um. So let's see. Let's give uh, let's give the listeners a little bit, you know, a little bit more information about you. You know, we've kept it so professional, and most of our most of our time together is, you know, pretty personal. It is personal. Should we tell people how we know each other? Yeah, we should. Yeah. So I met Jenna at Michigan University of Michigan. Go blue. And we met in a French class before we studied abroad, right? I think we met in communications and oh, then okay. realized uh, that we also were in French together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have no memory from my drinking past. <laughs> um, but I feel I did a full year abroad. Right. Like our junior year. We were in the south of France and then Jenna showed up and she was pretty shameless. I was. Those were my shameless days. Those were your shameless single straight days. Oh, the straight days were a hot mess for me. <laughs> Those were a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah. But yeah, so that's how we know each other. And then I moved here a year ago and was like, we should be friends again. Oh my God. It's been great. And then you're my friend. Uh, my bachelor in paradise partner, um, also, hi, <laughs> you're also my manager as well. Yeah, I just kind of, I'm bossy, if you can so. <laughs> um, but yeah, manager, really just going to push you yeah. to be able to show yourself and what I think and see. Yeah, so and I, like. yeah, I definitely need that. I'm going to ask you more tips later. But let's turn the focus back to you. Okay. I'm a woman behind the scenes. I know, I know. This is kind of um, different for you. So if someone in, let's say, middle America is, like, listening to the podcast and they're like, what do I need to know about becoming a producer? Or, like, you know, what can I do to be a good producer? Like, how did you even get into this? What advice do you have for them? Am I rapid firing? No, it's good. I think for me, one of the things is I always knew I wanted to work fashion. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had done a little bit of writing and like, I kind of had had internships all over the place. But 
I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't want to be a stylist because I don't want to carry around all those fucking clothes. Oh my clothes, God, the trunks of clothes. You know, but I could speak to clothes. And so like I did marketing and that's kind of, you're just talking about things, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing, that's what marketing is. <laughs> I say with quotes, but I knew I wanted to do something more with people. Mm-hmm. And so the production kind of came up and it was when I was working at Amazon. And I was like, I've already been planning out these fun campaigns, but... I like want to actually like be with the people who are making it. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's how I kind of started. And it was amazing because I had a lot of freedom in that role and was able to do casting and just meet with tons of people. And it was at a time where the like department I was working for wasn't that well known, but I really got to kind of sell the idea of what I was hoping it could be. Yeah. And it became this huge thing. And like my network grew and it was amazing because I was the one making those partnerships and those Mm -hmm. deals. And that was, that's like kind of cool when you do see an image or a video and you're like, wow, I hired all those people. Yeah. The vision came together really nicely. You made it. Yeah. You made it happen. And so it was really nice to be tangible. And then on like a more vain level, I was behind a computer so much. My first two years at Amazon, I lost the um, curve in my neck. Um, (laughs) And I knew I just didn't need to be behind a fucking computer. Yeah. So even if it means walking on set for 14 hours, like you prefer that. You know, a mix. Yeah. I mean, we're like, I'm not always climbing mountains in Ojai like we were. Yeah. But you're also not always behind a computer. Studio day or yeah. Just being able to talk face to face with people. And I think that's what like LA's missing again, and they kind of it needs to come back. Of like, it's like called a go see, but just having a face to face meeting with someone because like everyone says, you never know where a meeting could go, mm-hmm. and like meeting people on set, a PA in a few years could become like a top creative director with exactly. Instagram and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. you like never know, and I'm always a big believer in being nice to people because we're doing a pretty fucking cool job. Yeah. And like, let's have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, my roundabout way. Of yeah. No, I think one. that's, I think that's really, you know, really good. And like, like as far as like the skills you have to kind of, you do have that vision and then it helps you to figure out who's going to help you get everybody there. Yeah. It's definitely a, a pretty analytical to be able to kind of like do a time plot mm-hmm. of the day, but also kind of those other like interpersonal skills yeah. to know all the different like behaviors or it's a lot of inceptioning, like especially for a creative where you're like, yeah. Oh, you can, you can do this and let them come up with it themselves. Right. It's, um, it's, Kind of like nannying in a way where you have to, you have to suggestion frame, but like make it seem like it's their idea. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So as far as like your end goal, like what would you see like your dream job being? And is it here? Is it in LA? I think it could be in LA. I love West Coast. I love LA. West Coast girl in the sun isn't bad. Um... (laughs) I, my dream job, besides, you know, our Emmy morning of, you know, prepping you for your Emmy speech, um, (laughs) you know, that's going to happen as well. But I would like to be like a creative brand director. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think with the Rolodex of people I know, creatives, I work really well at like helping creatives kind of formulate it a bit more. So that's my end goal. That's awesome. And would that be for like a larger company than you think? 
Yeah, definitely be for a larger company. Yeah, yeah, like a big, like a big, like a household name. Um, yeah, I mean, let's manifest it. <laughs> let's manifest household it. name. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, let's see, what else can we talk about? I know. Am I supposed to be asking you questions? No, no. Oh, okay. I think it's it's just you know I am the research person, so we're like you know. We could do anecdotes like Kevin does. No one's interrupted me. I feel weird. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I love him. It. Don't get me wrong, listeners. He's the shit, but... Kevin and my voices would be, like, so... I could see us out, <laughs> like, hello, swing low, sweet chariot. <laughs> All three of us actually have, like, pretty low voices. That's true. I think his might be the highest, in fact. No, your rapid fire goes... It goes That's up. true, that's true. When I ask a lot of questions rapidly, it kind of gets up there. So, I have more questions that I just thought of. Okay. Um, and then I want to um, talk a little bit about something else. But, Questions. So, what has been the most challenging thing about LA? Um, I ruptured my Achilles last November, mm-hmm. so I couldn't walk, and not being able to walk in tough. any city yeah. is pretty fucking tough. And you couldn't drive either as well. I could drive, actually, with just, because it was on my left leg. Okay. Um, uh, so that was pretty tough. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't mind driving, actually, around. I love driving. Yeah. yeah, so I'll drive around and see people, but I think it was just that initiation of Dude, getting there. L.A. kicked my ass when I moved here. I got, like, pinworms. Have I ever told you that? No. Oh, my God. It was terrible. I, you know what those are, right? No. Oh, God. I don't, I don't even want to tell you because of the look in your eye right now, but... Kristen Bell, like, had them and then posted about it, and then everyone was like, she's so funny and relatable, but, like, when I had them, no one felt that way. Where are they, and where do they go? They, uh, they're worms that live in your butthole. I don't know if I want to know anymore. Oh, my God. But you get them, like, from people who, like, have dirty hands, like, poo-poo hands, and I remember distinctly when I got my U-Haul in Vegas shaking this guy's hand, and I remember thinking... Something isn't right about that guy. And then I went out and grabbed lunch with a friend, and I don't think I washed my hands. And then I had butt worms. Oh, my. You get them from someone's hand? Yeah. It really makes you rethink handshakes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my. I know. So that was my, when I first moved here. It wasn't an Achilles thing, but it was super embarrassing. It's always something bot, like body-wise. Yeah, it's like, I had to. fuck you up. I mean, I, I found them, and then I had to write this email to my roommates that was like, Hey guys, like, just a heads up. Because if you have them, it's like 75% everyone you live with has them. And I'm glad I live alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yet again, an argument for a single apartment. But yeah, it's really common with children. So now that I'm a nanny, I'm like terrified. I'm constantly washing my hands like 45 times a day. Actually, since that experience, I've washed my hands like 45 times a day. Oh my gosh. So I never feel like a prude again for using hand sanitizer. Oh no, do it. Just make sure you don't get butt worms. Um, and then also I got this like infection in my face and it was the second month I moved here. So I feel like the point of me saying all this is like LA kicks your ass and then you like get to rise from the ashes like a Phoenix and be like, 
fuck you. I'm going to handle this. It's fine. Pinworms are gone. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> oh, my. Well, next week I graduate from physical therapy. Yay! Um, and it's been a year. Oh, it hasn't even been a year. I'm kind of a big deal. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been a bit year. It's, yeah, it was November. And I know so. that was super tough because you couldn't fly home. You couldn't leave. So it was like Ellie kicked your ass and then made you hang out with it. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I was like, broke, couldn't work, couldn't produce. Couldn't um, produce, yeah. I Actually, this weekend, it was kind of a big moment because I just gave my um, knee scooter away to a oh. Craigslist person. Yay! And I, like, rolled it out to her, and she had a walker. Mm-hmm. And she was like, sorry, I'm slow. And I was like, well, I'm going to change your life. Yeah. And then she, like, looked at me and was like... I'm going to pass this down to someone else. Like it was like a... Sisterhood of the the traveling knee scooter. (laughs) And I mean, the scooter really like came in clutch, but... Yeah, because you could go grocery shopping then at like a normal speed, you know? At a normal speed with like filling up. I mean, those were some, you know, low times. I'm not going to lie. Like filling up a knee scooter at Trader Joe's. You could only had so much in a basket. But (laughs) I did it. You did it. You did it. Worm free and and here you are. Oh and now God. you are like back to exercising and everything, but yeah, that sucks. New move, new location, and you tore playing tennis, right? Yeah, I was like, Oh, I'm moving to LA, I could be playing tennis again. Haven't played tennis in like three years, but I was like, Oh, it will come back to me in like my first lesson back and I feel like it was the universe being like bitch remember your roots because it was like a 10 a.m. tennis lesson during the week like who do I think I am so the universe like yeah it's bitch slapped me and like it was also really infuriating because like a couple doctors said to me oh you probably twisted an ankle Mm. and I was like dude I kind of know my body. Yeah. And they're like, we've had grown men screaming in here with an Achilles rupture. I was like, well, I've had a few knee things. They're like, still, this should be more painful. I was like, have you heard of a period? Like, (laughs) sorry, but my pain, I guess, is just, I'm in shock more so. Yeah. Did you get a second opinion then? Yeah, I got a couple. I feel like I'm an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. You've like got your doctorate now. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. That's crazy that's a crazy way to start out here that is a crazy way but it's bot i mean you've got a rash and butt worm so yeah that wasn't great but something yeah. with the body yeah I how many roommates did you have two they were a couple they were not thrilled to get that email i sent it in the middle of the night when i made the discovery <laughs> um <laughs> and it was just like i mean honestly like i wish i could i i probably could find the email and like it's got to be hilarious, but that might be a good throwback. That yeah, that might be a good throwback Thursday. Just me reading this email to my roommates. They're really cool, like very chill. This nice couple, but yeah, it's like once you have them, you have to wash your sheets like every day, and because you wouldn't get new sheets. Oh, you have to wash them every day, like because the worms crawl out of your butt at night. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. I know, right? I know. Okay, something else. <laughs> you want something besides butt worms? Um, okay, let's see. So what's been your best, like, your funniest onset story? Can you tell it, or? 
My funniest? Like, what is the one that when you think of, like, oh, my God, quintessential L.A. producing, you're just like, this fucking day? Um, I think it's that first shoot. And you got hazed a bit, right? Uh, I didn't get hazed a bit. It was more, I was shocked. Uh, one of the talent, like, invited me back to his hotel. What? And tried to kiss me. And, like, this was, like, he barely spoke English, but he's oh, really big. We can't say who he is, though, right? I mean, I guess. He's, like, yeah. meme famous, right? Yeah, he's meme famous. And he has, like, eight kids. <laughs> so, I guess Salt Bay. Salt Bay tried to make out with you. I forgot about that. I have Salt Bay's number. Oh, my God. And he didn't tell you through a translator that he wanted to make out with you? No, he just grabbed my face. Oh. Um, and, like, the weird thing was, though, is, like, I was sitting across from him for, like, I don't know, because the shoot went really long. And I thought he was asleep because he was wearing those glasses. Mm. And I, he had only, like, motioned to me, like, twice in the day. Like, I was the first <laughs> point of contact, so he right. met me first. He knew you were the producer. Yeah, and then the second time around, he asked to use my phone charger. And I was like, I guess I gotta let Salt Bay use my fucking phone charger. <laughs> and, like, every, he was probably, like, the most, like, of the time celeb. So everyone kept asking for pictures with him. And I was just sitting across from him. I was like, I think he's asleep. Like, stop. But anyway. Because he's, like, very memeable. Memeable beyond. And also, he would, like, came up to, like, my nose. Like, <laughs> um. Because you're, you're uh, taller. Y- yeah, I'm taller. <laughs> I'm 5'9". <laughs> um. Yeah, so at the end of the night, I mean, and I'm like ragged. It's like 1.30 in the morning in the hills. And I'm trying to just walk. All you want to do as a producer is just walk the talent out. You're like, get yeah. the talent Bye. out so we could have fun. <laughs> yeah. Still have my walkie on. And like I say goodbye to his translator. And then he comes up to me. And I, I thought he was just going for a hug. And I was like, oh, okay, this is great. And he does one of those things of like, you know, like in France, when people would try and kiss the sides of your mouth. Yeah. Like very, but he goes in straight for my mouth. Oh, he came on straight angle? Yeah, straight angle. And I was like, and there was like another producer guy watching who was like, whoa, what's happening? Like, what's this hoe girl doing? <laughs> and I was like, um, and so he's like trying, and I pull away and he's like, what are you, he is able to say a little bit and ask me what I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm working. I like motion to my yeah. walkie. And I'm just stunned by the whole thing. And he then grabs my phone, puts his number in it, and types the hotel. (laughs) And I'm still just beyond stunned. Like, how is this happening? And the other producer is, like, with the translator, like, oh, I guess they have something. I'm like, no. I have not said a word to him besides, do you want your hair put up? Like, I haven't said anything. (laughs) And then he, like, also tells me he was, like, going to be cooking for the main celeb the next day. And, like, almost like an invite. I was like, I don't think he realizes. Like, I'm, I'm the help. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Of course I would love to go to this fucking person's house, but I can't. So it was just the weirdest thing. Then he tried to go in again for a kiss, and I was able to dodge and go to the cheek. So odd. And hug and, like, just turn and look for another, like, person to, like... I was like, where's another talent? Um, that was That's like, oh. like a, it's like funny, but then when you really think about it, it's actually not. Do you feel like as like a, 
a woman producer, like things like that happen often or not really? I mean, you deal mostly with women though, because it's like models, right? Well, there's male models. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I forget about men as often as I can. Oh yeah, no, no. Um, when it happened, I was like, yikes! Yikes! Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Back up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have your tenth child. Oh my god! Oh. So he's like sprinkling his salt everywhere, huh? Oh my god, I'm scared, but we'll see. <laughs> so that was when you first moved here, too, right? Yeah, that was my first shoot, and, and that then- was just freelance. That was freelance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went from a giant Amazon to freelance thinking that was, like, what I wanted. Right. Right. <laughs> it's been a long and winding road mm-hmm. of learning lessons quick. But well, yeah. every day is a winding road. We get a little bit closer. Thank you, Cheryl Crow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's next? What other projects you got coming up? Well, apparently it's busy season's coming up, so... It's a busy season. Yeah. Um, I've just never been in this kind of desert climate. Like, I'm used to kind of doing more on a way different seasonal schedule. Oh, because it's always sunny. So everyone is going to come out and shoot in the fall. And that's, like, kind of for a second. Usually you could slow down mm-hmm. if you're, like, in studio yeah. or all the cloudy places I've lived. So... I guess I'm going to be out on these streets again. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to being busy, but yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot. And I'll just be, I feel like my main job as a producer in LA is carrying around sunblock. I'm like, (laughs) if I'm burning, you're, you're burnt. Like that's my like number one rule. Like me having to remind every person. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, you're really into this. You're really into skincare. I'm like, look at how brown I am. (laughs) But yeah. So, that's what I'm going to be doing, putting sun cream on all of our European clients who come over to L.A. <laughs> for, the, for the fall? Yeah. Um, well, keep them not, like, turning lobster tomato red. That's priority number one. Well, it, it's just funny because it's like you get an English client and day one they're like, oh, no, I just want to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, I have no... I'm aware of a horrible English accent after living there for three years. But yeah, and they're like, oh, I just... I'm just going to sun a little bit. This is like a holiday. It's not a holiday. And then you're... I'm like, no, but you're going to so, be dead tomorrow. I've been watching Love Island a lot with, um, you know, a good friend of mine. Uh, and so I've been really perfecting my vernacular. So I've been calling people... Um, I've been saying like... Oh, she's a fit bird. Like, if someone's oh, a hot chick. She's from the north. Yeah, a fit bird. And then if someone's annoying or, or being kind of a douche, like, yeah, geezer. Am I using that right? Yeah, you are. What's geezer? Geezer is like, yeah, I mean. It's just a bloke, right? <laughs> you could just, like, see the groups of men who go on holiday, like, you're waiting for a Ryanair flight and you would just see like a group of guys in oh. sweats suits like and those matching. are geezers and those are like geezers okay you know wait can we please tell everybody though about when we went to morocco that time <laughs> wait when were we on the plane together though and you had to help me because i used to be so terrified of flying like phobic and now you know after my long distance relationship i was like oh well 
I were we going? Did we go to Germany together or something? I don't know. What? I know we were on a plane together, and I know we were in Morocco together because okay. I had a little. Was roof- it that flight? It must have been because I had a little rooftop partner, if you'll recall, oh. Arwan. Oh my! I forgot about. <laughs> I think I'm still Facebook friends with him. <laughs> oh god! I call him an Instagram throwback. Um. Yeah. So we we're on that flight. And you had to remind me of this because, again, drinking my brain. Right, right. You're um, not drinking as much anymore. Yeah. Um, so we were on this flight. I'm phobic. Like, at that point, I had taken a really bad flight um, from, I think it was from Italy to somewhere. And I just, like, there was, like, a woman next to me doing a rosary. A snack cart was rolling. Like, I was, I really thought I was going to die. And it was a Ryanair flight. So after that, I had a phobia for a time. Until I went to Singapore, probably. Who am I? What is this rich bitch, like, speech I'm giving right now? I know. (laughs) When did you go to Singapore? But one thing, too, is, like, when we were doing this traveling, like, Americans, I think, was Bush? Like, I I don't know. I felt like it wasn't common, like, what we were doing. And also, we didn't have, like, smartphones. No. No smartphones. No Uber. We had Flip, T9, like... Yeah, so we couldn't be, like, taking, like, oh, I'm scared, like, Snapchat or something. No, no, like, no. This was a different time. Yeah, this was way different. And it's so crazy, because it was, like, not even, it was, I guess it was a little more than 10 years ago, right? Holy shit. We're old. Okay, so we're on this flight to Morocco to go to the surf camp. I don't tell my family I'm going to Africa you for some reason. You didn't tell them you were going to surf. I only, like, spoke to my family, like, three times in 10 months. Ugh, when year. we went to Tagzute and the entire town lost power. <laughs> Tagzu? <laughs> it's not called Tagzute? I don't think so. There's no E. What? Oh, whoops. Anyway. What's it called? Tagazoot? Tagazoot? Thought... I thought it was called Tagzute. Mm. Maybe I was just adding an extra French thing to Excellent it. Excellent <laughs> Um, so we went to Morocco and I was flipping the fuck out and I was like crying and grabbing Kennedy's hand and she was like, Jenna, look at the flight attendants. And I was like, do they seem stressed? And Kennedy said, they're serving hot dogs. So because they were and that cured your flying. Yeah, that, that, that really helped me. Yeah. And just, then, I mean, I had some issues. I did think about taking a boat home from study abroad because I had some I remember issues. that now. Yeah. I was very fucked up after the Ryanair flight. But now, I mean, once I went to Singapore, it was like a 17-hour flight. And I was just like, well, I'm not going to not go to Singapore. So No, that Singapore flight, because I went to Thailand last year. And when I did the Singapore, like, I had a layover. Um, had like talk about rich bitch. I had like a massage <laughs> in the airport. Like took a shower. I was like, I don't like butterflies. I'm not going to the butterfly garden. Yeah. But Singapore's then dope. I ended up. It was like Australians mm-hmm. um, on my flight. Woohoo! And then I woke up gripping the Australian woman's leg next to me because there was so much, so much turbulence. turbulence. Yeah. It was like over India. There's a lot of turbulence going back. This is when I was going back to London. And I was like, I am so sorry. Yeah. Vegas is like a basin. So once I lived there, I just like got really used to it, you know, because it was like anytime you tried to land, it was very turbulent. Um, Yeah. We got pretty deep into this discussion, huh? Flight phobias. (laughs) So I have a question for you as my manager. Yes. So what do you think are like... You see me out here, you know, you see me trying my hardest. 
Are you? Well, <laughs> I get distracted sometimes, but... Just a little girl crazy. I'm a little girl crazy. <laughs> um, but I get distracted, but what do you think, like, I can do? Like, what do you think is the number one thing right now for my, like, stand-up career, building my persona that I can do? Talk about rapid fire. I know, I know. Um... I think it's being out there and it's being out and about. There's so much going on I here. I know. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming for you, I know. I'm like a content monster. I know. And you're so good at connecting with people. Um, it, a little, I don't know. I feel like I'm really great at connecting people professionally or if it's not for me. Like, mm-hmm. I could sell, someone you're once said I could def- sell oh. Santa an Egyptian or something. Ooh. I was like, ooh. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I just know how to network. Like, Yeah, you network so good. Yeah, my and dad then, used to push me to really, he's out there. You taught me about, um, my number one lesson was not pedestaling people. Oh, yeah. Um, Jenna, like, kept saying, oh, my gosh, this comedian. And, like, it'd be a niche comedian. And I'm, like, obsessed. I would only have, like, heard of this. Well, one of them I had heard. But I'd be like, yeah, they're so niche. Like, you should just speak to them because we'd be standing next to them. Like, I'm so weird. At a club or something. And so. Or at a dog day event. I guess I had another moment, like, how I was trying to cure your, you know, you flying phobia. Moment. And I said. Everyone only knows Tom Cruise. <laughs> You're like people only know Tom Cruise. I like said Everyone that else in a pool it. screaming at you. Yeah, that's very LA. <laughs> Everyone only knows Tom Cruise. Get over it. Yeah, and but, I was like, what? What about like you know? Because I have my list of niche lesbian comedians. Niche you know? lesbian comedians. But I just want to like be like them so badly. I know, but you gotta play that game of not being that interested in them. I know. I don't know how to not. I don't know how to. Feign disinterest. I don't know. I'm just so genuinely interested. I'm interested too, but I am actually a little bit shy. So I feel like that works really well for you. People are like, oh, that must be, you know, like that's somebody. Like I'll wear sunglasses and then have my bitch face in LA and people are like, and I'm tall too. I like can't blend in and I'm like finally okay with it for the first time. Yeah, no, that's an advantage. And then just like. Yeah, we were at another comedy show, actually, and there was this big comic who's having all these Netflix things, and I didn't know what to say. Also, I never know what to say to someone I meet who's famous. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I've said the dumbest shit when I'm drunk. And so, in my defense, I just, I ignored them, and I know they were, like, trying to talk to me, and I hugged you goodbye, and I just disappeared. Yeah. And I just disappeared, and I and I was like, oh, that person totally was like ready to speak to me. They were they're like famous and have like this thing, and I was like, well, not gonna happen because I'm too scared. Meanwhile, I'm like clawing my way to be like, pay attention to me, like yeah. But I'm getting better. I did a really good job with Ellen DeGeneres. That was like a turning point for me. Oh right, right at because, Largo. Yeah, Largo. Yeah. Because usually I'm like, <laughs> I just like anytime I see Tig Notaro, I want to like burst into tears because she's so important to me. And like same, and I always lead with that line. Like if I see, so someone texted me today, they saw Fortune Feimster, and I was like, did she seem busy? Like what kind of question is that? But, do, do they all know about you like taking pictures of Fortune? Poor Fortune! Oh my God! Like <laughs> you it's were, so like, embarrassing. Too much for her. Like the next time you see her, you need to act like you forgot who she was. I think I need to really be like, I've never heard of you because now it's been five times 
that I've met her and been too much. Because after we, we so we saw her at Lisa Vanderpump's World Dog Day. <laughs> Let me clarify. And, you know, it was already a pretty good day of seeing all of the Vanderpump cast. Right. We saw Jax, Brittany, Stassi, yeah, and the crew. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I totally allow Jenna to go scream and yell at, like, a Jax. Like, right, his dog right. was wearing, like, a chain yeah. and, like, a Snoop Dogg hoodie or some stupid shit. So, that's fine, but fortune all of a sudden we finally get her attention she's out in the wild and jenna fangirls hard oh i'm so bad around fortune like fangirling hard like i will go to the farmer's market with you and your girlfriend wake up and like literally i'm coffee is three feet behind you i'm too much i'm like jacks like because that's her girlfriend's name too jacqueline or jackie or something i'm so, not into these x names there's an x jacks well no she's like a jacks like j-a-c-k-s i can handle that um so i'm like jacks oh my god how's kindergarten going like how's teaching and like fortune's like what but like i follow them both on instagram i'm very up on what they're doing i made malone my dog wave to their dog oh their yeah but that's not even the creepiest part the creepiest part is then Fortune posted the picture that Jenna took. By the way, I'm filming the whole time, like, <laughs> hoping she'd calm down. But also, I'm too shy to actually go You were go shy. Up. You took it, yeah. I was too shy to go up and be like, come back. You like, couldn't help me. Jenna, also. come back. But yeah, you were long gone. I'm really hard to tell things when I make up my mind. And then you, later on, commented on the Instagram. And I think that's where it became stalkerish. Like, I'm surprised she hasn't blocked you. Because if I was famous and saw, like, this... What was your name at that time? Oh, your name on Instagram was my... Mediocre day. Ugh, yikes. I definitely <laughs> would have blocked you. <laughs> that um, was before you made me change everything to Jenna Cordes. I'd be like, who the hell is this mediocre day? But yeah, person? I commented, um, I took this picture, exclamation point, hashtag number one fan. And then Instagram showed me it, and I was like, I'm embarrassed. My client. So uh, my brother, <laughs> my brother one time, he was like, dude, we gotta talk. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he goes, when you write fucked up shit on Fortune's Facebook page, everybody can see it. And I don't know if you know. Because I had written her this, like, manifesto that was, like... On Facebook? <laughs> yeah. It was, like, you're so meaningful to me. Like, what you're doing is so inspirational. It was too much. And my brother, like, who barely talks to me. Like, his girlfriend makes him talk to me. But he contacted me. It was enough that my brother, who, like, barely is interested in me, had to be like, dude, we can all see the weird shit you're saying to Fortune. Like, You, you need to back off. I'm I know, you. I know, I know. I'm done now. Yeah. Ellen was a turning point for me. Because when you meet, like, Ellen DeGeneres and you ask her a question and you sit down and you don't act weird, it's, like, a big win. That was a huge win for me. Okay, yeah. I just said, how long did it, come, did it take for you to come up with this material, Ellen? And then I sat down. I didn't say, you are my God. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, we're getting better. We're getting better. It's the Tom Cruise lesson. Why? Is this too much on your new carpet? It's swishing and slashing as we talk about fortune. <laughs> Woo! Sorry, you know fortune is like my... Yeah. Like, until I saw her... I, I mean, I like, you know, I love stand-up, but I really felt like she... She is like a new kind of lesbian comedian that doesn't have to be 
quiet about lesbianism, you know? Quiet about anything, from yeah. her hair to her outfit, yeah, she, everything. She's just like her, and I think yeah. I'm so inspired by that, you know? It's good, yeah. I I always wonder if there is a celebrity that I would get. You um, said Beyonce, though. You'd be weird around, right? No, no, but then I took it back, and I said... I never want to meet anyone that right. I do really love because yeah. it's the biggest disappointment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've met some pretty cool ones, but I'm like, okay, I met you. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't change my life. Actually, you're, I wish I just remember you the way I do. So, you know, my host mom in France, she used to say, say I have a dream of moving to Marseille and looking out every day at the ocean. And then she said, but I think some dreams are best left as dreams. Wow. I know. And that's kind of what I think about meeting people that you admire. You you know what another host mom said? Not my bad one. This is like <laughs> life advice. This is a good transition for us. Someone said she, our friend's host mom, like had a very hot baby daddy. Mm-hmm. But she said, never marry the pretty one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's stuck with me wow because they aren't together now and like she had the hottest frenchman but he was like totally just like you know mommy's boy and like (laughs) especially french that's like to the nth power yeah never marry the hot one wow never drew words maya (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that is some advice anyway yeah Michelle was like a gem. And two still broke is. gays. What are we supposed to be talking about? Oh yeah, two broke yeah. gays. So like, what is? Um, <laughs> I was gonna say what's the gayest thing that's happened to you here, but it's probably me staring into your eyes. So um, no, what do you? You're not queer. No, I mean, I think women are beautiful. I just. I'll go to a lesbian bar, but I won't get hit on. (laughs) You won't get hit on? I'm too... Oh, I find that very hard to believe. I won't. I've been in Seattle. We were always trying to hit it up. Seattle lesbians aren't the same. Yeah, I don't know, but... I don't... Like, my friend said I'm just too obsessed with the dick to, like, give it enough attention. Mm -hmm. Which I hate. I get it. I hate it's it. It's a tough time to say you're straight in America. Yeah. It is. It really is. <laughs> Talking about privilege. <laughs> but yeah, so uh so you on the uh, apps or I'm on Tinder, Tinder Gold. Tinder Gold. <laughs> you can find me on that gold status. <laughs> and uh anything interesting happening there or know like a man asked me if I want to go for a popsicle date um (laughs) I do not know what he means by that and he actually means popsicles um that's even weirder somehow (laughs) yeah but so LA another guy's been like what are you doing at 1 p.m I'm like working you know like everyone yeah. asks these random times and like that's when he's like i want to take you on a hike and i'm like do you want to be my trainer or are you trying <laughs> to date me because a lot of that's happening and i'm like i think i look pretty like fit in these pictures yeah. people but okay um yeah i don't know do you want to look at my tinder profile yeah i kind of do uh i've been on a few dates but 
We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Wow, some of them get straight to... Get straight to the point. And I like that, but... Ooh, okay, let's do a review. Okay, and then we can probably be done unless there's any closing arguments. (laughs) Kennedy, 28. Only for a few more days when this comes out. Oh, I know. You'll be 29. No, it's going to come out tomorrow. Oh, my god. So you'll still be 28. Still 28. University of Michigan. She's less than a mile away, folks. An art buyer. Yeah, so that is Tell the listeners about what you discovered. Yeah, um, being like, you know, strong, confident woman only works up to a certain point. So art buyer is another name for creative producer, but men are much more attracted to it. Huh! We got a red dress photo, y'all. Yeah. This one you sent me and I was like, wow. I had a club night recently, my one club night a year quota was fulfilled and I wore a red dress that I never thought I'd wear. Just so you know if I saw you I would swipe right. Thank you. That means a lot. Like a hundred percent. Maybe like, we go to an LA lesbian bar so I could see since the Seattle ones. Yeah I feel like that's a different kind. That's a um, different kind. Northwest aggression. The Northwest lesbian. I, I'm not sure that's the same as the Southwest. Okay. Um, yeah, you're cute as fuck. No wonder you had like over a thousand gold matches or whatever. My gold matches, boosting myself. And everyone in my last picture, my uncle's partner, looks like Smokey Robinson. <laughs> and they, every single guy will be like, is that Smokey Robinson, Loki? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not. But yeah. Okay. So do you have any like Tales of Tinseltown, you know, Tinder? Like, any good stories? Because, like, I my go-to one is when I was in Michigan. Um, no! Oh, excuse me. When I was in Las Vegas and I was on Tinder, um, I came across this woman who was, I mean, I don't, I don't ever say, like, people are ugly, but she was, like, honestly, like, the most heinous-looking person I've ever seen. And that's coming from me, and you know how I am. And was like, personality's everything. Um, but she was, like, just looking for someone to kick my husband in the balls or go all the way with me. And I was like, oh, it's, a, it's an or situation. Oh, my gosh. Well, I actually had a very embarrassing... So I moved recently. And yeah. this guy was in London, but the London scene on Tinder was really good as well. Um, and I, for some reason, he, like, came back. We didn't really do much. But anyway, he came back to my house. And... I love to take Polaroids of guests who had come to my house. This is horrible. And I took a Polaroid of him. And then I sent it to a friend. And I was like, I don't think I like him anymore. Like, we did somehow continue going, like, a couple more dates. But I had this Polaroid. And my friend was like, I'm going to name him Tandy because he's hideous. <laughs> and you can guess what Trent said this. And I was like, thank you. I hate this now. And he scarred in my head as Tandy. Well, so last week, my mom was here helping me move. And she the found Polaroid. <laughs> and in the Polaroid, he's doing a horrible, like, fake gang sign. He's, like, Irish. So I'm, like, trying to not take any fucking offense to it. But still, I'm like, why are you even doing this? Why are you throwing and signs? And you are ugly. But my mom goes. Do you look like Ed Sheeran? Oh, wait. What did your mom say? She goes, what's this? Say? And, 
like I have the same exact voice as my mom and we're the, kind of the same and so she goes who's this <laughs> and I just I was trying to lie quickly but she could just see deep into my face and I go oh that's and I blamed it on the guy who named him Tandy I was like oh that's so and so's friend but I laughed too much and it was a shame laugh that she knew <laughs> and she stopped asking questions she's like yeah I've had I've had some few I'm not proud of. And I was like, I didn't even have him like that. But I was humiliated. Linda's had a couple Tandys? A couple fucking Tandys, I know. That name. And I could not believe that Tandy haunted me even into my second apartment in, in LA. LA. Oh my god. Yeah. So I gotta get some non-Tandys. Non-Tandys. I'm on Tandy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Well, Kennedy, if people want to follow your adventures in L.A., where can they find you? They can find me at Ken Cart, two N's in my Ken. Ken. Ken Cart um, on Instagram. And um, you can also, you know, follow my story. We're together a lot. She is my manager, so... Yeah, I'd say look out for some more, you know, like Tiana Taylor type inspired videos. Kennedy produced, directed, makeup artist, and by that I mean helped me oil up. You know, edited, just edited. I do all of that in yeah. a couple hours. On yeah, a she did it in a couple hours. The Tiana Taylor video. Um, so I'm eternally grateful for that and for her friendship as well. And um, two broke gays. Um, thanks for listening. Can you say bye? Thank you. Bye. This has been two broke gays. Really just one broke gay, but it's it's fine. I'm broke. <laughs> two broke people. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, listeners. Thanks.